Hi, so I thought it would be really important to have a short little video about what we're actually currently talking about in a Bible study that I've been leading. And I think it's really important because it, it gives an understanding and a window into why there is so much complete decay in our society. And it seems like even more polarization, etc. And partly, I've mentioned this in another video, but partly I think it is because of the fact that Christians have forgotten that Christ came to destroy the works of the devil and that Christ is has dominion over all things. So it's not just our personal private lives, but again, it's in politics, it's in government, it's in the church, it's, it's everywhere. And so that means we have to take a closer look at I think the beginning of scripture in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 and see what was God's initial intention in creating us? How did he create things differently? Are there different roles, etc.? So look, looking at Genesis 1, um, it's a more general explanation of creation, but just looking at where he made man and woman, God says, let us make man in our own image. And he made male and female. And then he says, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. Okay, then in Genesis 2, it's a little bit more into detail about man was made from the dust and woman was made from the side of man, from a rib of man. Now, it's really hard to kind of contrast what, what, the creation story is intending to teach when you are in a sea, like we in our culture, our culture, it's like we're a fish in, you know, this sea, and we can't see the water like clearly. So let me give an example. If you are a fish in dirty water and the only thing around you is dirty water, you're not gonna know it's dirty until you see another bowl of water. And you're like, hey, mine looks different than that bowl right there. In the same way, unless we look at scripture objectively, let scripture define what our culture is instead of letting our culture define what scripture is, then it's really going to be difficult to understand how the Bible speaking to our culture, to our time, how it's rebuking it in a lot of ways. Okay, so first, God made male and female. Okay, so think about what that means in light of current cultural situations. That was the first thing he did with male is, is make a dimorphic species, male and female, in which when they come together, they multiply. So think back to the 60s. So that was one of the first mandates in scripture, right, is be fruitful and multiply, which part of that would mean have children. So think back to the 60s, the advent of the pill. What did it do? The advent of the pill allowed for more of a handle on our reproduction. And there was, yes, there was a separation between sex and marriage that occurred, but even within marriage, now you could have more of a control on when you had kids, if you had kids, etc. So the first attack, I think, that I can see, if I'm just going back to the 60s, the first way that that attacks creation, the, the created order, or is against the created order, is to say, don't let God have complete, you know, dominion over your reproduction. 
take this and chemically alter yourself so that you can control when you have kids or not. I know it's gonna be probably somewhat of an uncomfortable topic for people. When I first got married, I was on the pill and it didn't really affect me mentally. A lot of people have, a lot of women have issues with how it affects them mentally, et cetera, or in other physiological ways. It didn't affect me mentally, but there are multiple things to consider. Obviously some, uh, some birth control pills can be abortifacients. It's a huge issue if, if you are creating an unsafe environment for your unborn child and you're doing that for the purpose of not having kids and then your child is not able to attach to the uterine wall and then it is expelled through your body. Um, that's a huge moral issue for Christians. But I think even beyond that, chemically altering your body to function in a way it's not meant to function is something that we should really be concerned about because we are not we are not exercising dominion in the way that God created us to exercise dominion. We're actually exercising dominion against God by making our bodies function in a way that he never intended them to function. We are never supposed to shut off for purposes of not having kids, never supposed to shut off our normal physiological functions. There's a time for women in particular when they are fertile, and then there's a time in their life when they can't have kids anymore. It's a natural process. There's also a time in the month that you can get pregnant, and all the other times it's much more unlikely to get pregnant. Now, I know there's probably a lot of you know questions firing in people's minds, but for this conversation, I'm just I'm talking more generally. This is this is these are general discussions. So if certain questions pop up, it'd be great to talk about tackle those too. But I'm trying to paint an overall picture of the fabric of our society and how create the creation story and how God created us really speaks to it. Okay, so again in Genesis one, he creates male and female, be fruitful and multiply. The 60s, is, I think, is an obvious example of, hey, this pill gives you freedom. You know, it's offering freedom. But what ends up happening is it starts altering your body in a way that actually doesn't bring freedom. And let me give you a couple of examples. Well, one is it's stripping away. Um, it's not giving your fertility or your production over to God. It's taking it in, in your complete control. That's number one. Number two, what this has ended up doing is it's pushed back childbearing for women. And anyone who's aware of how the female body functions, women should physiologically, are physiologically more, they're healthier typically having kids at a younger age than a later age. Um, the rate of miscarriage also goes up. Now, this isn't this isn't an encouragement to if we're older, don't have kids. I'm trying to paint a picture of what our society has done in delaying the beginning of childbearing years. Not okay, you've had children from you know 22 to 37. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying delaying beginning having children. So, if instead of starting to have kids at 22, we start to have kids at 32. A lot of things happen. It is more difficult as a mom to have toddlers at, you know, 30, whatever, 35, 37, than it is at 25. You just have more energy. Like I had already mentioned, the rate of miscarriage goes up, okay, significantly as, as we go into our later 30s. 
So as the pill is promising, oh, you can, you can delay childbearing years, it's actually bringing more misery to people because we're pushing it back into an area that God didn't physiologically intend most women to start having kids. Also, the things that childbearing and breastfeeding do for your body that are beneficial, the, for instance, if you begin breastfeeding and you uh, be, before the age of 25 and you complete like a full year, the, um, the effect, the good effect that has on decreasing the rate of something like um, breast cancer is much more evident than if you started that process when you were 32 or something like that. So the earlier that you are completing a pregnancy and breastfeeding is much healthier for the woman body, the female body, than if you started that later. So there's a lot of practical things that you end up learning along the way, like, hey, I didn't know it was so much, it was supposed to be so much physically better, beneficial, easier to have kids younger. Well, if we saw, if we just looked at the pattern of when females start, their periods, and then when they go through uh, menopause, we'd see that, oh, it makes sense to have kids younger than it does to have kids older, um, at least starting the process, again, starting the process of having kids. So that's one way in which I think the works of the devil have infiltrated and promised things to men and women that the, the wages of falling prey to that actually bring misery and bring discomfort, bring sadness. Whereas if we follow God's design, that's what brings flourishing. Okay, another thing, and this is in Genesis 2. I think it's in Genesis 2, yeah. So Adam will shall leave his father and mother and join fast to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And one of the pictures of obviously of becoming one flesh is bearing children. But the first human institution, marriage, we see right there, right? The man will leave his father and mother and join fast to his, his wife and the two will become one flesh. So what started happening post the post 1960s is the definition of what marriage is started to crumble as well. So what was marriage? I mean, up until, what was it? I think in 2008, we actually in California, we had Prop 8. I think it was in 2008 we had Prop 8 to, um, I guess, basically codify traditional marriage, which we would just call marriage, right? Marriage is between a male and a female. And that obviously um, did not pan out because then in um, later on, it finally got codified through the Supreme Court that um, marriage was not just exclusively between a male and a female. So the first human institution, so what this works of the devil, Satan is attacking the first human institution. So first he attacks, pro, not necessarily first, but these, these are a list of things he's done. He's attacked pro, procreation, reproduction. Okay, so it's hurt both female bodies and it's hurt the process of having kids in general. Next, he attacks marriage. The first, um, the, the, the foundation of society, he is attacking and he confuses it and throws people into confusion. So now they think, well, marriage is really just about two people loving, to get, loving each other, which if you fell into that trap, it doesn't stop there. Why is it two people? Why not three people? Why not four people? Why not 
outside of our species. If there's, if we're not using the Bible as a standard, you can go anywhere because chaos will ensue. It's Christ or chaos and you have to choose between the two. Okay, so we text the first human institution. And then now at the very beginning, what did God do? He created male and female in his image. How did he create male? He created male from the dust. And so therefore males, men's um, exercise of dominion is oriented toward the earth, toward the dust. And then where did he create woman from? He created it from the side of the male and he called the woman the helper that she was to help her husband. It was on his side, it wasn't beneath him. It wasn't, you know, she wasn't made, Eve wasn't made from Adam's foot. It was made from his side. It wasn't the head, it wasn't the top. She was alongside him. But her work was then oriented toward the man. So they have two different orientations that they're pointed in terms of what their work and exercise of dominion looks like. The woman is the helper of her husband to exercise the dominion over the earth. But now we have a full on attack of male and female. We have no definition of it. And so that is what is really worrisome that people even in the church don't understand that going along with things like pronoun choice, etc., is allowing for chaos to ensue, not only within us, but in the larger society. You're not helping anybody by doing that. You are not loving your neighbor by doing that. You are loving your neighbor by encouraging and reaffirming how God made them, how God made them, and using creation as that fabric of explanation. So I think it's something that is really important for anyone who's watching to consider what does it mean for me to be a female? Now, I've only talked about marriage. There's also, you could also be single, but that's for a, a different video, a different day. But what does it look like then for me to follow God's design in being female or male, but I'm talking probably primarily to females, to be female what does that look like in my marriage? What does that look like in me accepting children into our family? Have I been looking at reproduction and child rearing in the way that the world has kind of, um, I'm taking it from their foundation and then just sprinkling it with some Christian truths? Or am I ripping down that foundation and building the foundation from Christ? and creation and looking at it in, in, in the context that he's created me to look at it, not from what the world or from what man tells me. And I think a lot of Christians fall into the category of, we assume, oh yeah, we go to college, we, ha we get married, we married for several years, then maybe we'll try to have kids. And then when it gets too hard, we'll just kind of like cut it off. But that's what the world says to do. That's not what God's word says to do. Romans 12 says to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, which women, if you are pregnant or you've had children, have children physically or adopted children in any way, you can kind of feel that because it is really physically hard to have kids and then to offer your body to them and you're at like their disposal all the time, but it's a holy endeavor. And what I know to be true is that God's fabric of design is what brings flourishing. Now, because we live in a fallen world, there's gonna be pain and there's gonna be hardships and there's gonna be turmoil. But if we want 
to be blessed and we want to be a blessing to others, then we follow God's design for our lives, not what the world has to say. So hopefully that just kind of triggers our mind to think a little bit more. And um, I would love any feedback or questions that people have. And I hope this blesses you.